0: hello my name is ben friedman here from the beniverse and today in honor of the new movie releases in the fall i decided let's go backwards let's talk about not only recapping the summer movies of 2022 let's also look forward and talk 2022 fall movies i am bringing on my guest who was on last time to talk about this for the summer movie Joining me today is a Mr. Christopher
1: Harris. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Um, Very happy to be back on and talking about the fall releases coming up and uh, recap the summer ones that we had previously.
0: Yeah, this was a crazy summer for movies. It was also a really hard uh, fall to make a top 10 list because there's so many non-mainstream movies I think is kind of the thing there there's not as many studio movies which are the easier ones to anticipate it also makes the list a little bit more diverse which I'm really interested to hear because I think unlike the summer where I think we had like at least 5 to 7 of the same I think realistically we will have maybe 3 or 4 that I, are the same I think time. one
1: thing we're going to see that we didn't have prior is that like I think during the summertime we had a lot of Um, movies that were going straight to streaming services still. And we're starting to see a lot more theatrical releases now. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of more independent movies being made and everything, a lot of, you know, Oscar season coming up and whatnot, the award season. So I think we're going to have a lot of movies that are going to vary, which will be good.
0: Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a lot more of a heavy award show. Uh, at least on my side because a lot of the movies I'm anticipating are in award contention it sounds like but along with that we're not only going to be doing the fall movies we're going to be talking mvps and we're going to be predicting the domestic box office the top five for fall 2022 I'm excited ready to go what's though because I had you on originally the idea was to have you on for summer movies uh 2022 I think this idea works really well because I love just kind of doing lists I like doing an overview of it so we can kind of talk and get anticipated for the movies Chris I have your
1: list. Okay, let's hear it. I'm ready. I'm actually excited because I kind of don't remember exactly what I wrote. Like, I have, I remember a few of them, like the big ones, you know?
0: Yeah. But not all
1: of them. So, I'll
0: read your list first. Okay. Coming in at number 10 was Bodies, Bodies, Bodies.
1: I feel like that held up, actually, decently well.
0: Yeah, I think that was a fairly good prediction. Number nine for your most anticipated was Hustle which you could argue might have been a little low. Yeah, that should have been, I I think that
1: was a little low. I think that should have been higher. I
0: don't think either of us were predicting how good the movie was actually going to be. absolutely not. I think we were like hoping that the movie could be like kind of fun schlocky. The movie ended up being like an it, actual good sports. movie. It exceeded my expectations. That, I didn't. I don't think it's an amazing movie by think, any means. Yeah, but I think it's one of the most fun sport movies you can have. And as an it, NBA fan,
1: like that I movie think, hit I every Adam,
0: mark you wanted it to. Oh, I,
1: absolutely. And Adam Sandler, you know, blew killed my expectations it. away. Um, again, adding a dramatic role to his, you know, yeah. His, you know who uh, killed it in belt. that
0: movie besides Wancho Hernan Gomez, who was amazing in that movie? Um, do you remember who was like we walked out of that movie and we were like that guy can like shock Anthony Edwards Anthony Edwards was such a good antagonist in this movie
1: we're gonna see him in more movies I guarantee you, dude he was
0: like a legit actor like, Juancho Hernan Gomez is also, like, a really good actor we, in the movie. We
1: hated Anthony Edwards when we walked out of the theater. It was Dude, like, damn, he was so we good. we fans of Anthony.
0: We are fans of Anthony Edwards on the Timberwolves. And after we walked out of that game, I'm like, I kind of hate Anthony Edwards, and I hate everything about him. That He's means he such did, a cocky he, son of a bitch in the movie. He almost
1: did too good at his job in that movie. Yeah,
0: he, he shocked me with how good of he was as an actor. So that was your number nine. Number eight was Minions Rise of Gru. Okay. Uh, you were the bold one to put it on. I did not put it yeah. on. Yeah, No,
1: I actually liked Minions Rise of Grey. I didn't think you, it was as good.
0: You predicted the gentle minions. You predicted a craze that I was not ready to see. And you were like, this movie is going to be big. I was right. And you were
1: completely right. Number seven for you was Marcel the Shell with shoes on. See, I enjoyed that movie. I know that um, you were not a fan of it. Listen. If I wonder if it did well. Did it do okay at the I box office? I think it office? did pretty decent. Because it was and, like very limited release, huh?
0: Yeah. And like
1: critically, it did really
0: well. If you're going by like more of just like, how this film did financially and critically, you're definitely in the green on that okay, one. Okay, cool, still in the green. You're All still right. pretty good. The only, you don't have any real misses. Bodies, Bodies, Eyes was really successful. Okay. Hustle was really popular number for next Is that the next one? Number six was definitely one that was very divisive, and if I recall, did not have a great box office.
1: It's Men, which I actually just downloaded to watch. Uh, yeah, so, so I never ended up watching Men. It I didn't loved have a long
0: the- theatrical release. And
1: also, I, if I remember correctly, critics had very mixed reviews on it very divisive yeah I think you either really enjoyed it and you thought it was very um, you know is very well directed or you really did not like it yeah you walked out of the movie saying I hated the direction of that
0: yeah no that's kind of what I heard about it I haven't seen it still I've been waiting to see it Uh, number five again a good pick from you Elvis which ended up being one of the biggest movies of the yeah. summer
1: you know what's funny is i actually just watched elvis with natalie i think two nights ago if not last night yeah josh told and me. and natalie and josh only watched half of it and it was the first half and it's that's where it's really building up right yeah i'm like
0: because he, he texted me he's like i did not like that movie i'm like i totally understand why you didn't like that movie it's a very stylized direction you also miss the better of the two yeah halves. the
1: whole residency in vegas and everything is second half of the movie and that's where it really picks up and natalie loved it natalie all, really enjoyed it loved austin but and I'm like okay that's good and yeah I think that pick held up actually decently I think it's held up and he also is I think the front runner right now to win best actor I don't think he
0: will I think there's going to be at least one or two other guys who are in bigger competition are you going to do a
1: a podcast later talking about like your Oscar predictions oh yeah
0: you haven't seen it you already I just, posted it? I, so what I'm doing now week well, to week... Well, Ben, you
1: know I've been so busy. Yeah, so. I know. I know you've been busy and it's been so hot in
0: Sacramento that I kind of don't blame you just going home <laughs> and sleeping. Yeah, yeah. But so what I'm doing, and it was kind of based on an idea we talked about a while ago, I'm doing power rankings each week.
1: Oh, I wanted okay, to yeah. do
0: so. I'm like, I made this whole Excel spreadsheet. I broke down it in like five or six categories. I'm grading it between one to five in each category. So it's like celebrity. Are they a famous person? Are they in an Oscar type movie so are they like you know for people like working with steven spielberg that's a higher rating than someone who's like with an unknown all these like little categories is this the type of performance the oscar awards blank blank i then calculate the average and then that's how i do my power rankings that i've been doing that each week did
1: you come so i remember us very briefly talking about that i feel like that's a really good idea and it really helps you like have a really good basis of what movies you know you think will do really good overall i like it in every in every category Here's
0: my logic with it too because we when i was trying to come up with the inception of the idea right i was like i will not see a majority of these movies until november december because that's when they're going to get released for the general public i don't get to go to the film festivals i don't get to see these movies early as some of my other peers get to Mm -hmm. so i'm like how do i talk about these movies without kind of just like being general and being like, oh yeah, Paul Dano is the type of actor who could get nominated for the Fableman, Steven Spielberg's Fableman. And then I'm like, let's kind of bring a little bit more math into it. Let's look at more of the context of what the Oscars means and what uh, film history has suggested wins a best uh, actor or actress or director, picture, whatever it is. Let's bring that all. Let's talk about their career. Let's kind of break down. So the criteria is like, if it's on three big like publications list as possible, like nomination possibilities. So like if it's on variety, if it's on gold derby, if it's on like Hollywood report or anything like that, if there's enough, I'm reading that the name appears enough, I put them on the list. So I think it needs to get it on there three times from like one of the major publications. I go through it, I do the numbers, I get an average, and then I kind of give my power ranking. And that also allows me as the year continues, I can look kind of further into it and say, Movie came out because so the big issue is some of these movies haven't even debuted. No one's seen the movie yet. So like, if one of the movies is terrible, like tomorrow the Men's premieres, which is Steven Spielberg's new movie, if that movie's that's terrible, that's someone that Paul Dano is Paul Dano's starring in it. Yeah, uh, he's one of the stars in that movie. If that movie's terrible, that probably takes out Paul Dano from the race. But right now, he's one of my front runners. I think he is my front runner to win Best Supporting Actor. So that's how I'm kind of doing it. So I figured it's kind of a fun way, and it gives it a little bit more of an objective opinion because otherwise i'm just going like you know who i like as an actor miles uh not miles teller uh timothy chalamet is a good actor he could get nominated well duh but like how else like but then he's when you think about it he's in a cannibal movie that's not the type of movie the yeah. academy awards nominates
1: yeah no i understand
0: i get it but yeah so it was kind of inspired by an idea you had talked about where we were like how do we kind of do the bill simmons podcast feel of it like talking like espn sport heads, I like that and then like also talking about that in the context of i think a movie. that's
1: a that's a really unique idea it's very good i think it gives a very fresh perspective on it and it could change weekly like what you're saying like it could change like oh this movie came out this kind of moves it around yeah, a little bit a that's little, my you know?
0: like that's my like most excited thing to do about it as we get like closer to the movies and actually get to see it then i can like do an yeah. update like this is what the race looks like now. Two you know, months ago, it I looked do, like this. Now it
1: looks like I do this. feel like Austin Butler is going to get a nomination for the I Oscar. think he is, too. And, but I, I, I think right now he is a front runner, but I do agree. I think later on he will not be a front runner. Yeah.
0: And I, specifically with the best actor, which I haven't done a video on yet, I think this year's competition is kind of weak. So I think Butler is okay. going to have a better chance because he doesn't have huge competition to overcome. Okay. Interesting. But so let's go back. So you had number five, Elvis. Here's your kind of first miss, and it's not even fully a miss because I'm sure this film ended up being successful. It's Lightyear at number four.
1: Yeah, I hated Lightyear.
0: Dude, I did not like it at all. there was no way to predict that this movie was going to no. be as bad as it was going to be. Very, I didn't very hate the movie, but I thought it was fine. That's kind of how I walked out of the movie. I'm like, it's a 2.5 out of 4. It doesn't do anything completely horrible. It mm-hmm. also doesn't reinvent the box in any no, interesting way. No, yeah, no, not way. at all.
1: The thing is that for me is that I really anticipated it because I wanted it. when I when they announced it, I wanted a Buzz Lightyear like story. I we, wanted. We that.
0: thought the idea was so awesome. It, it, like the, the, bring the trailer in the new was fantastic. Sci-fi, like franchise.
1: I loved it, and it didn't deliver that it, at all. Not at all. When you walk out of a movie and the cat is the best part of the movie, an animatronic cat that is like very. Yeah, when the
0: comedy is the best part of the sci-fi movie it's a little bit of a problem definitely in that context and it's like again everything's kind of apt in that movie yeah Chris Evans is good enough in the role Taika Watiti is funny enough Kiki Palmer is fine like it's all just a bunch of middle there's nothing really to like go into further with it it's just like yeah it's a paycheck movie for kind of everyone involved and there's no heart or passion in that movie I did not particularly care for that movie uh, that was one of that's been my probably biggest disappointment of this year. Uh, number three, uh, again a really strong pick, uh, Doctor Strange two, which, again, it, we were I think from that point on I think we were gonna see the movie in like a week, so there was already like a good feel like this movie's probably gonna have, a, be a pretty big movie this summer. Yeah, that that one hit. Uh, I think I, it's the best Marvel movie this year so far because I liked mm-hmm. it more than I liked Thor.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think I liked it more than I like Thor too, but just by a hair.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree. That's where I'm at. I think the movie is like half a really good movie and then half of a just a really generic movie, not even a bad movie, just really generic. I think the stuff where they like kind of tie in the universe more, I think that's kind of a disaster. Yeah. Like did the I, Illuminati scene with John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Spoiler.
1: Did I put um, Nope at number two? You did have Nope at number two. Yeah. So I just... Um, good hit. Was it... You- really good hit. So was it... Do is it you and I that just rewatched it recently? Or I have did, not gone to rewatch it since. Who did uh, I just rewatch it with? I just went and saw went it again to recently. With some of your friends oh, from work. I no, no no I went with um, I went with Rosie oh, and you, her sister. Did
0: Rosie like it more the second time?
1: Uh yes, very much okay. so. Um, I want
0: to see it again. We had such a shitty viewing experience the yep. first time we. Uh, I've talked about it before when I did my review for it, which I waited a month to do because I'm like I don't want to review this movie after this first experience I had watching it, one because of how bad the theatrical experience was. Literally the zoom the screen is zoomed out, so it's not like a full encompassing, it's like just like half a rectangle in and then like a bunch of black on the sides. Our lights are on, like you remember above us the lights are like yeah. flickering on and off. Mm-hmm. The audio quality, the sound to our right is completely busted. So you can't hear half the dialogue. And the like, other half is completely
1: blown out. Is completely and blown picture, out and like echoey. The picture as well was also like out of almost focus. blurry and like out of focus. Which is just like
0: the thing that that movie's kind of been undeniable for is how it looks. And At when night. we're like watching the movie, and we're like it looks bad because we can't actually see anything that's a huge failure of the theater yeah because you know the whole thing with that movie for the night scenes they're actually shot in the day they do like really clever camera tricks to like uh basically make it look like it's night. it's incredible
1: yeah see the thing is is that like i want to see it again i liked the movie when i watched it the first time i didn't it didn't i didn't understand a lot of it but i I liked it i was fine on the movie i was like this is a gentleman's 2.5 out of 4. the second time i watched it I really liked it. I I understood a lot more of the direction. I thought it looked really really good. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I wa- I had a great great experience the second time around. Um, and then what was my first one was definitely Thor: Love and Thunder. Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, and again I I, I thought it was fine. I didn't I didn't yeah. love it. The Box CGI office was... wise, you did well there. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Good.
0: Uh, notice there's one huge movie missing on your list and my list, and you can catch that. Don't say it yet, but you'll see it when it's on my uh, when it's not on my list. All right. Number 10 is Hustle. I had it way too low. We both had it way too low. We were both like, this is an Adam Sandler movie, but uh, we're just kind of thinking it's going to be a generic one. Not. Number nine was Body's Body, so we had ours flipped. I I did not like that movie, but I think it is ultimately a successful movie of the summer. Number eight, uh, you didn't have this one, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I'm glad I had this one. This was a good win by me, I think. That was a really funny movie. I thought that was a great movie. That was a really clever comedy. I've
1: got some of the best... It's got... Some of the best laughs out of me this year was watching that movie.
0: Yeah. So I had Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Here's my huge miss. I put the movie Pleasure on there, which was a neon movie about a Swedish girl who moves to LA to become a porn star. I saw that movie. I didn't particularly like it. And it did made no astounding like uh release. No one really saw this movie. So it wasn't a well seen movie. It was an pretty good reviewed movie and it was a movie I didn't like so it was just like this one was a huge miss for me. Number six I had Nope. Uh we've already talked about it. Number five I had Cha Cha Real Smooth, which was a good pick on my part. I think I really like that movie. That's a really good movie. Lightyear was number four for me as well so we both kind of just missed on that one. Number three was Elvis. So that was like a big hit hit for me. Big hit for you on that one. Yeah. Good pick. Doctor Strange 2 came in at number two. Probably a little too high for that movie in retrospect. Uh, But regardless, I mean, that was a really hyped movie when it was coming out. And then number one, Thor Love and Thunder, which, again, understand why I made the number one list. Didn't live up to my expectations. Ultimately, a
1: fine to, at times, good movie. Yeah. Can I guess what movie we missed on? Yeah, there's one
0: movie that ended up being our favorite movie of the summer that is on neither of our lists. Is it X? No, that came out March. Oh, okay. Think about this summer. Think about a movie that we... Top Gun Maverick. Neither of us had it on our list.
1: Do you know what happened? It was on our box office list, though, right? uh, I had it on mine. I know I did. You did not. Oh, was was it one of the ones... I had
0: it... I did not. I had it at, like, number six. Here's the thing about this. Wow. We recorded the episode... And then the movie debuted at CinemaCon the next day. And I remember going over to your house and talking about it. I'm like, I think we might have just made a mistake with not including Top Gun anywhere near the list. And then we saw the movie and we're like, this movie's outstanding. It's the most visceral, most fun movie you'll have of the summer. It's one of the best yeah. movies that's come out in a summer, probably in a decade, it's honestly. One of the,
1: it's one of those movies that I think I could sit down and watch and always be like, I can always find enjoyment in watching it. I can watch this movie countless times i've seen it four times already it's I really love hard to find this it. movie. it's really hard to find a flaw and sure is it slow at times and it, it, it's got romance and it's got cheesy parts but that just it, it adds homage. to the movie it, it adds to it's the so good it adds to the movie it adds to the overall you know aspect of what it's hot. looking for. in the first movie it pays homage to it beautifully
0: it's a better movie than the first one which is a movie i love like I that's the can't have
1: that on the list i can't it's our biggest miss what do you think it's the, mu- so- the mustaches come on we've yeah, got dude, it
0: going strong here's the thing Like I said, we talked about it the next day. We're like, maybe we should have had this on the list. It ends up being, a spoiler alert, it's the number one movie domestically of the summer. It's gone on to gross $1.6 billion, which is an absurd amount uh, worldwide. And it's, like I said, it's 750 million plus in uh, domestic run. It was number one the box office this past weekend. So it was number one at the box office Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Uh, so with that, let's do go into the box office. So I'll recount yours. You had, uh, oh wait, oh here it is, okay. You had Nope at number five. Okay. You then had Jurassic World Dominion number four. You then had Lightyear number three, Thor Love and Thunder two, Doctor Strange two at number one. I had at number five, Lightyear four minions, three Thor Love and Thunder, two jurassic world dominion and one doctor strange the list ended up being number one top gun maverick with 700 million dollars so we both missed that completely it went completely over us wow number two ends up being doctor strange so we both had that was our both our number one so it ended up being the second biggest close number three is jurassic world dominion you had that for i had that at two okay uh number four ended up being minions rise of which I had you did not Number five is Thor, Love and Thunder, which I had three, you had two. Okay. Uh, that had $340 million. And then Elvis came in at number six with $150 million, Wow. Uh, domestic, So that was a really good one that I don't think people were expecting. And then Nope ended up being number seven. I had DC League of Super Pets as like my six or seven. Uh, that ended up being number 12. That movie bombed. Ooh. And I actually heard Whoa. it was a good movie. But so that's the summer. Okay. We yeah. had a pretty like accurate thing. I'm not going to lie.
1: We did decently well. I, I, I The don't, issue is like we missed the biggest movie of the year. We did miss the biggest movie <laughs> of the year. It makes me a little nervous because I'm not super confident in my list for like mo- by, like what movies will... Box office. You know, for be, fall. yeah, no, no. I, I'm, not, I'm not confident. I don't, I don't even know. Like last,
0: when we were coming into the summer, I think you and I were both like, it's probably Doctor Strange. This uh, fall we could have either to be honest i there's i think two candidates that could easily be number one and i don't know where to put either one we'll get into that in a second uh but let's just talk about the fall movies of 2022. i ended up having like 25 movies that i wrote down and then 10 only made the list uh so i guess let's just do two a piece uh the easiest way to do is just start from 10 go all the way up to one so let's start uh, Chris, I'll let you start with your number ten.
1: Yeah, so we're going through the uh, our top ten most anticipated movies of the fall. Fall, right? This is so it's from yeah, now, it is September from,
0: through December. How I categorize this is it's from Pinocchio, which was September eighth to December thirty first. Okay, every movie that comes out from there is fair game.
1: Okay, yeah, so I'm gonna start like again. I I kind of agree with Ben. The movies that are coming out this fall there's a fuck ton of them. There is a lot of movies to pick from. And a lot, there's actually a handful of movies that I actually am interested in seeing. There, this is a personal taste list in the sense yeah. that like the summer is difference. like,
0: okay, there's the big films that are going to be like week to week. These are the films that are, they're advertising. This is going to be much smaller films. And it's like, okay, which one piques my
1: interest? Yeah, you're reading and I think it's good that we're going to have varying lists. But um, yeah, I'll start. So my number 10, um, a movie that I'm not crazy I'm not crazy about is um it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio <laughs> at number 10 and it's in you know they just released the, the, the Disney, the, one, the Disney the live action one. Pinocchio and the thing is that I know Guillermo del Toro has a great track record as a director and you know he's doing a stop motion is he directing this
0: movie yeah he's is he
1: producing it he is either producing or directing it but I know that he wrote uh, partially wrote it And has a big big role in it. Oh really?
0: He's in it. Okay, that's interesting. So the film is directed by Guillermo Del Toro. It's coming out to Netflix. Yeah. Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, Ron Perlman, Kate Blanchett, Finn Wolfhard, Christopher Waltz, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, Jim Henson company behind it. Oh, you might have had a good pick. This might be an underrated like. This yeah. could be if so, it's good, it could be like an animated movie. Yeah, contender so that's what I'm th- my thought process behind it is
1: that like I'm thinking about the animated movies this year, and I'm like, Lightyear was trash. So Lightyear, in my opinion, will it get nominated for an Oscar? Maybe. Just I don't think Disney it will. Fucking owns everything. But the thing is, I really hope it doesn't. And I, I, I think, hope this movie does.
0: I think what will happen if I'm just predicting best picture, best animated picture early. I think it's going to be the Pixar movie that gets in. Didn't come out this year? was last year. Last year. Okay. So I think Churning Red. I think the Netflix movie, The Sea Beast, is in good intention. Oh, yeah, yeah. Disney has another movie called Strange Worlds, which uh, we might be talking about later, that I think will probably be the Disney one represented. And then like something else could round it out, like Pinocchio and something else. Yeah, I think like, if Spider I think Pinocchio has a if
1: Spider Verse were to have come out this year, I think it would have been it would Spider- be our one. to lose. Yeah, that would have been my number one. It would have been my number one, my number one too, but got um, delayed. But yeah, so this Pinocchio movie looks interesting to me, and I like I and I don't love Guillermo del Toro's track record personally, but the thing is. I think that he can do it well.
0: I think Pinocchio is a story well suited for a director like Guillermo, yeah. and I think his sensibilities are probably much more in line and with a Pinocchio you know funny? story rather ben than Simekis.
1: Just before we start this podcast, you and I were just talking about how the new Pinocchio that came out. Ben just uh, posted a review about it, so she, you should could watch Ben's review. Um, but plug. one of the things that Ben was talking about is that, like it's basically just like a replica of the original movie and with this Pinocchio I don't think we're gonna get that it's I think not we're gonna it's get based a lot.
0: more on the grim yeah uh,
1: stories no um, I, and that's, that's a good brothers. thing that's, I think that's we're give getting us a, a new Pinocchio yeah yeah we're getting a lot of change um it's, it's a good pick i yeah. it
0: wasn't on my short list it wasn't on my it's 25 not, reading the cast and I am a big Guillermo del Toro fan. Mm-hmm. It's a good pick, I yeah. So arguably, that's a really my ten. Good
1: pick. I, I'm not, I'm not super big on it, but I think it will be a movie I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, I agree. Um, if the movie's good, it could be a really good movie. So number nine is a tra- is a movie I just saw the trailer for today, and I thought it was a um who's the guy that directed Fantastic Mr. Fox again? What's his name? Wes Anderson. Yes, yeah, so I thought it was a Wes Anderson movie. Oh,
0: I wait, no, I don't
1: I have a guess. I thought I, I thought had it a was guess. a Wes Anderson movie, but oh. I guess it's not. Can I guess? Yeah. See how they run? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so the thing is, I watched the trailer, and it said Fox Searchlight. And I'm like, this is a Wes Anderson movie. Mm -hmm. And I watched it, I'm like, okay, it's got Sam Rockwell. It's got Sarsha Ronan. And I'm like, okay, wait, this is filmed exactly like it. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, my God, is it not Wes Anderson? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not. And so I'm like, okay, this movie, it looks looks good. It looks looks really good. It 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 was on my short list. It looks very funny. It looks like something I'm very interested in. It looks like it's going to be a like murder mystery kind of movie, um, and it already caught my attention, so I put that at my number nine. That's a good pick. That was on my short list. That was if it were going in, it it was definitely in the top fifteen. I really I saw the trailer. I'm pretty excited for that. See that movie. Which I, think I think Sam Rockwell like is ensuite. an underrated actor right now. I think he doesn't get enough love for his roles. Agree. He's a
0: really good actor. Okay, so number ten for me. Is and let's just say we have had no commonality so far. Number ten is a movie called Bones and All. Uh this is a film Oopsie. You so, dropping shit. Dropping papers. This is a movie that stars Timothy Chalamet. This is reuniting Kim with the director of Call uh, Me by Your Call name, Me right? By Your Name, who I'm looking up a little bit more information on the letterbox about yeah, this. Yeah, I had
1: I, I I know very briefly about this movie. Um Luca uh, Guadagnino.
0: Uh, Guadagnino. He, uh, like I said, Call me by your name. This film just premiered at Venice to great reviews. It has Timothy Chalamet, Taylor Russell, Mark Rylance, Michael Stuhlbar, Chloe Sevigny. Uh, really great cast. Uh, this is this is a wild premise abandoned by her mother, a young woman named Marian embarks on a thousand mile odyssey through the back roads of America, where she meets Lee, a disenfranchised drifter. However, despite the best efforts, all roads lead back to the terrifying past, and the pair takes a final stand to determine whether their love can survive the otherness. Uh, this movie is a cannibalist movie. This is a cannibalist love story as it's been described. It's been getting rave reviews out of, uh, Venice, uh, This film, uh, if you know anything about this director who did uh, Suspirio, I believe in 2019, this guy knows how to do gore. And from my understanding, there's a lot of gore in this movie. It's a really effective, a really haunting, a really psychological film directed by a really good filmmaker starring one of the best actors under 30 right now, who kind of just like, he can't be bad in a movie.
1: He's in bad movies, but he himself is kind of incapable of giving a bad performance yeah, even in, um, was it Don't Look Up that he was in? So, yes. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like that movie. Yeah, I didn't like the movie either. But He's good I in the fine. movie. I think yeah. it's
0: not bad. So that's my number 10. It is going to be a wild, controversial movie just based on the subject matter, uh, but it's also a movie that I don't think Hollywood makes enough of. It is going to be something edgy. It's just going to make people uncomfortable. People will hate this movie, and I can't wait. Uh, coming in at number nine, I don't think you'll have this one. I have The Whale which is an A24 film uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky, who has done films such as uh, The Wrestler, Requiem for a Dream, most recently Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Director, I'm kind of hit or miss on. I like some of his films. I don't like others of them. Uh, He's not always my particular cup of tea. However, there's one big reason that I'm really into this movie. Uh, This is Brendan Fraser's return to movies Basically, in like over a decade, he off he everyone knows the story about him, him getting blacklisted, yeah, uh, because he gets sexually assaulted by a producer, yeah, uh, who then like throws him out of Hollywood after the Me Too movement. He's kind of able to speak up and kind of regain his name. He's been working on TV. This is his first big screen appearance, I think, since like 2008. Uh, This film premiered at uh venice, venice on, right, yeah. yeah september 4th I saw
1: all the panel for it and everything and he seemed so moved by just the the direction of this movie that darren wanted to go with it yeah um and he looked tr- he, he looks, looks so happy he to look, be back oh my god i know and he looks the pictures that they released from this movie, I haven't seen anything really about it um he looks insane in the movie like wow i it doesn't It's It's insane how they transform into the character.
0: The movie, for anyone who does not know, it stars Brendan Fraser and uh, Safdie Sink, who is from Stranger Things. Uh, It is about a 600-pound middle-aged Charlie, a reclusive English teacher who attempts to reconnect with his strained uh, teenage daughter for one last uh, chance at redemption. Again, this film will come out in theaters December 9th. It is an A24 film. This is, by all accounts, A24's biggest push this year for the acting category. They are trying to push Fraser... For the best actor, I've heard this performance is really well, emotionally moving.
1: Yeah, so I think the one, the other movie from A twenty four that I think is going to make a really, that can make still make a really big run. Everything is everywhere. everything everywhere because I, I think, think that's the act, their two big movies. Yeah, I think the acting in that movie is so far that like on top for a 24 Yeah, this movie i would agree though could make a push for that i think this has the narrative behind it with brendan frazier
0: being back this has just the love story i mean this is a guy who you can just tell people are excited to have him back in movies i think this is all working f- in favor for this movie to be really emotionally resonant really powerful and kind of just a great return for an actor who got on un- who got thrown out of hollywood for unfair reasons uh so that's my number nine I like that Uh,
1: pick. I thought about that one too.
0: I had it a little higher. The movie premise itself, I'm not particularly excited to have the discourse around this movie uh, that will surround this movie ultimately, and I've already been hearing it. Uh, And the premise itself isn't necessarily my cup of tea. It's more for the fact of he's in this movie. I want to see this movie and support an actor that I've always loved. Uh, So that's my number nine. Uh, Chris, what are your number eight and seven?
1: Yeah. So I'll go through these a little bit quicker. Um, my number eight is this movie called white noise. Uh, I, I have it. Let's, let's punt it. Cause I have a higher. Okay, sure.
0: So we'll talk about that one. And we we'll get talk to about that list. one later.
1: Um, do you want to just go to your number eight then? No, let's do your number seven. Okay. With number seven, you might have this a little bit higher. I'm not really big on this movie, but I, it is a movie I'm interested in seeing. It's, it's black Adam. Um, it's not on my list. Yeah. So I have black Adam on here. Um, ben knows a lot more about this movie than I do. I just know Dwayne The Rock Johnson stars in it, and it's a DC superhero movie. And the trailer, I really, really liked. I, that's all I, it needed to do to I'm kind my of shocked how good the trailer is. It, yeah, no, me too. The trailer looks good. Like, and the it, thing is that the DC... Um, wait, did DC make the... Um, what's the the big movie that was... Idris Elba was in it, and um, Idris Elba and John Cena? Oh, what The was, Suicide Squad. That was DC, right? Yeah. That movie I fucking loved. Yeah. I absolutely loved that movie. And that was the last movie from DC that I was like, okay, maybe they're starting to get on the right track with their movies.
0: I think that's their last movie they made. Ye- no, The Batman. The Batman yeah, was the so last Yeah, so
1: there you go. Even better. Their track record has been really good. Black Adam has gotten a ton of publicity. They've really been pushing this movie. Dwayne um, wants this to hit big. Yeah. And you know, it could, it could not, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm anticipating it to be actually decent. Pretty good.
0: I thought about it. Uh, this is not a character I particularly care about, but I'm curious to see what The Rock has cooking. I okay. yeah. uh, So yeah, I this was a contender, but didn't make it on. But it was on the short list where I did write Black Adam question mark. Uh, so that's your number seven? Yeah,
1: yeah okay. so let's hear your eight and seven.
0: My eight, we might punt this one because I have a feeling it's going to be higher for you. Avatar The Way of Water, is that higher for you? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second then. So I'm interested
1: you have that one so low.
0: I'll explain my reasoning. Number seven, I'm sure we both have it on the list. I'm curious where you have it. I have Blonde.
1: Yeah, so I have Blonde right above that at number six.
0: Okay, then let's talk about it now. Let's talk about Blonde then. So Blonde premiered uh, this weekend at, or this week at Venice. I'm trying to see if there was a date. Uh, yeah, here it is uh no i did not write down a date oh no i did it's september 8th it premiered uh to polarizing reviews some calling it pedantic misogynistic exploitative with others calling in the film an unabashed psychological interpretation of what it means to be a celebrity a woman in hollywood and a woman in american society uh, society is a metaphor for our times uh themes of me too all this kind of like going on this is a film from uh, Brad Pitt's production company, Plan B. Uh, it is being released on Netflix in literally two weeks uh, from now. Uh, like I said, it premieres at Venice to really some strong divisive reviews, though they're all praising Ana de Armas. This is, and the key for this movie, is it is, is an American historical fiction movie. This is not based on a true story. This is taking the character of Marilyn Monroe and kind of doing their own interpretation of this character It's based on a book uh, by uh, uh, Joyce Carol Oates. Uh, The filmmaker is Andrew Dominic, who has worked on such films as The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford and Killing Them Softly, both Brad Pitt movies. Uh, This is his first narrative feature since 2012. Uh, This film is going to be crazy controversial, I can tell you right now. It's NC-17, which is a crazy rating to get. Very few movies ever get it. This film is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be exploitative. It is going to be sex-filled. Uh, I'm curious if I'm going to find it tasteful or not. Uh, there is reportedly uh, sexual assault enacted on the screen. There's supposed to be some very private moments that are some people are even questioning the morality of this film being made and the taste of which the director did it. Uh, some are calling this, should Dominic have done this film because he is a man, uh, and is his view of the woman maybe a little bit too uh, navel-gazing? Yeah. So there's all this kind of going around with this I think film.
1: there is a lot of that. I do think there there is going to be a lot of people that come out and go, wow, this movie is is something else. It's something you're not gonna see. You Maybe we haven't seen before. Maybe we're not gonna see again. And the thing is, I'm really happy that Ana de Armas is the one to, stepping up it, to the plate to play this role because she has such a big audience right now with eyes on her, and she's been such a prevalent actress right now. Mm-hmm. And so to her, to, for her to take this role and Marilyn Monroe is one of the biggest female icons of all time. Of all time. Of all, time. Our, all time. And and yes, she was a sex symbol. And yes, she was an actress. And yes, she was a model and everything. And she had cameras on her nonstop. And that's something in the trailer. By the way, the trailer looks fucking phenomenal. It looks incredible. It looks incredible. And drop dead gorgeous. And so I, if the movie looks anything like that, it's going to look stunning. It, it's going to feel stunning. It's going to be racy for sure. Like, oh, and, and no it's going to be like non-stop there's going to be controversial this stuff happening this is going happening. to be a film that you do not watch with your grandparents but the or thing parents. <laughs> yeah but the thing is is that i think this movie i'm going to come out of this movie going damn like i i like this movie like i like the the idea I'm, behind it yeah I'm that's really, my anticipation of it personally that's my anticipation too like i said this movie I don't think she should get any shit at all for doing this movie, though. I
0: need to see the movie before, but based on what I've heard of her performance in the movie, I don't think she will be getting Crow for this movie. I don't, know uh, either. I don't I know think if she's going to re-
1: get nominated for it, though. I don't I'm think she curious. would.
0: I think this is going to be a crazy, controversial film, and I'm wondering... Uh, this is a film that is going to have to dive into what it means to be a celebrity, uh, what Hollywood did to her, essentially. This is going to be a film that... If my guess is correct, will probably attack the Kennedys, which is one of the still the most powerful families in the world. Uh, you're going to have some of the Joe DiMaggio, the Arthur Miller relationships in there. You're going to have to deal with the fact like she is essentially abused and mistreated and exploited by Hollywood for their gain, and then they kill her. Basically, uh, you can interpret whether she actually commits suicide or. Overdoses, or if she actually like is killed off, like there's this whole like controversy around that. Uh, what role did the Kennedys did or did not have with that? All of this, what did she know and didn't know? It's just so much of it. And if this film can tackle some of that mystique of Marilyn while also making it a very human performance, I think this film has a real good chance to be special. So that was my number seven, and that was your number six. Yep. That is so correct. what's your number five?
1: Yeah, so my number 5 is a movie that's going to be coming out I think this month it comes out in September. It is uh it's a prequel to one of the one of my Yeah, okay. F- one of my favorite movies that I we saw this entire year
0: yep. i know exactly um, what you're do saying. you have
1: this on your list too i did not but i knew
0: one of the reasons again it was on the short list i knew you'd have it on your okay, list yes yeah, fair so i'm like it's um, my number 11 yeah. but i'll talk about another movie that i didn't think you would sure have on
1: your i list. put this in the middle of the pack i put pearl it yeah. is um mia goth uh, it's mia goth ty west her role from yep. x and the thing is that like this the x ben and i walked out of that movie going it's A24. One of the best horror films. It's one of the best for horror slasher films I've seen this year. Extremely original, even though it's technically not something, it's not a, it's original. Not a particularly original. It's story, not an original, but, but like, the way it was filmed and the way it was portrayed It's is such very a good throwback
0: to the 1970s slasher. Absolutely. And, you know, and reprising they, not reprising it's the younger version of the killer from the yeah, first yeah absolutely
1: movie. and the thing is mia goth was absolutely phenomenal stunning in that it first stole movie. stole the movie she played multiple roles in that first movie right Yeah,
0: she plays the killer which is the grandma and the yeah. main porn star yeah movie.
1: and i've seen the early reviews that have come out of this dude, movie and they, they say they're saying wow. it's better than the first yeah they say it's better than x and so i could have had this movie higher on my list because ben knows i'm a big horror fan Yeah,
0: no dude um, this this movie's crazy to me because one we didn't know this movie was coming out until X happens because it's the post-credit scene. Yep, we exactly. left, Remember, because we're like, "There's no post-credit scene. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. Let's like walk out." And then apparently, and then I they, texted you, and I'm like, "There was a post-credit scene, and it's apparently a trailer yeah. for a movie that comes out in like five months."
1: And the thing is, right after they 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 wrapped up filming X, they immediately started filming this movie, like immediately yeah, afterwards. Yeah, I think it was a back-to-back production. And I'm like, "Damn, they're committed. They Dude, they had direction from the beginning. They knew big, exactly what they were going to do." Big year for Ty West. Big year if this film Absolutely. hits as big it is. Uh, I, think I think it will. it's going to hit big. We uh, have to go see this for sure. We have sure. to go
0: see it with along with another film that uh, it's not on my list, but uh, Barbarian is another one that we really want to see now. Yeah, I think we're going go to go see that some, this weekend. I don't know when some, this will come out, yeah, but hearing some crazy good reviews about that movie. Yeah. Uh, so that was your number five. Yeah, what'd you put at five? So I we I'm on my six right now. Uh, oh, let's hear your six then. Yeah, yeah. Go my for it. six. This is a personal pick. I know the movie supposedly not very good. Uh, this film also premiered at Venice to much controversy last weekend there has been so much buzz about this movie there has been so much gossip about this movie I've been eating it all up I've been talking to multiple of our friends about it uh, specifically our female friends Uh, this film has been controversy since the day Olivia Wilde was handed her divorce papers on stage at CinemaCon and did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? I don't think he did. I don't
1: think he did either. But
0: damn, it does look like it. It does look like it he did. It does look like he spit. Why is like why is Harry Styles apparently just ignoring Olivia Wilde on the uh, red carpet? Miss Flo, the Shia LaBeouf comments. I'm, of course, talking about Don't Worry Darling.
1: I had this one on my list, too. Did you? Absolutely. Where is it for you? It's right above Pearl. It's at four. Okay, okay. So we had to begin very close together. This is your six. So I'll let you kind of talk about yeah, it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let me, by all accounts from Venice, this movie was not particularly good. This movie sounds like it was kind of a miss. That's so interesting uh, to me because didn't the they get a pretty just, good
1: standing ovation at?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did they just do they, that just because. They, they kind of just do it because everyone's there. Of course, it's the famous story. Have you heard about the standing ovation controversy? I Florence Pugh walks out. <laughs> yep i heard it amazing queen behavior there yep uh yeah i mean there's been so much about this film uh apparently the script is just a mess can harry styles act has been like a big question mark uh regarding this film the only praise i've really like consistently heard is the below the line like the cinematography score editing like that's all really good like which i guess also kind of extends to the direction uh But I mean, and Florence Pugh, that's like the only true positives of this movie. This isn't a movie that I think will be anywhere near my top 10 list by the end of this year. I am living for every controversy around this film. I am living for all the drama and gossip. Your girlfriend and I are going to be doing a podcast where I don't even think we're going to review the movie,
1: Don't Worry Darling. We're just gonna look back at the six months of controversy surrounding this movie. It, it's something that I, I don't think personally since I've been engulfed in, in cinema and movies have even seen before. Like something to this I've this never seen extent. it to this extent recently.
0: Like you'd hear about these behind the scenes stories back in like the 70s and 80s where it wasn't being publicized. I've never quite heard of it in the social media
1: age to this extent. This is like, the uh, this is crazy.
0: The big thing is like, Olivia Wildwild while does sound like she is at a lot of fault in this movie, let's also not forget this is basically the behavior of 50 to 90 percent of all male directors in Hollywood, so I mean sleeping around with your main co-star that's not a particularly shocking thing to do, and being like rude to cast members again that's a very Hollywood thing to do, so is she getting a little bit of unfair uh blame on this movie? Maybe a little bit, but again I'm living for every second of this drama the Shia stuff like two weeks ago was just amazing. Uh, yeah, we're doing a whole podcast on this. Like,
1: I will be listening to that for sure. Yeah, Rosie and I Absolutely.
0: are... I think we're going to record the podcast, then go see the movie, and I'm going to try convincing her to come on to my spoiler review for that movie because I want to I wanna consume this movie as cool. much as I can. So that's my number six. Let's hear your number five. What's your number five, Ben? My number five, and this could have easily been higher. Uh, I just kind of didn't know what to do with this movie. It is The Fablemans which is the Steven Spielberg directed movie. This film is a story about Steven Spielberg's life. Essentially. Uh, this film follows, uh, growing up in the past world war post world war II era, Arizona from age eight, seven to 18, a young man named Sammy Fableman discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of film can help him find the truth. Uh, uh, this is the film that Spielberg has thought about since 1999. He's really wanted to make it. He just wasn't sure if he was in an emotional state and uh, ability as a director to make the film yet. Uh, this is completely based off his childhood. I think it's an adaptation of his childhood, not like a straight up, this is what happened for his childhood. So this is a very personal movie for Spielberg. Uh, this is a film that stars Gabrielle LaBelle as Sammy, which is supposed to be the uh, Spielberg stand-in. Julia Butters, who uh, is most famous from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is the little girl as uh, his sister. The mom is played by Michelle Williams. Paul Dano plays Spielberg's dad. And Seth Rogen is the fun uncle, the fun family friend who's the uncle. Uh, This is written by uh, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kusher. Kusher, who's done Angels in America just last year, did West Side Story with Spielberg and has done Lincoln. Done a lot of great films with Spielberg. Uh, it premieres at TIFF. We're recording this on the 9th. It premieres tomorrow at the Toronto International Film Festival uh, on the 10th. Uh, this will release November 11th. Uh, I, I, it's a Spielberg movie. I don't really have to go into any more reasons of why I'm excited for this movie, besides the fact that this is a movie essentially about Steven Spielberg discovering his love of film. And he's the gre- one of the greatest, if not the greatest, living director uh, ever. Uh but yeah if you needed any more reason to get excited this film cinematography is done by janaz uh, kaminsky who did schindler's list saving private Lion, lincoln and west side story the score is being composed by john williams and he is t- re-teaming up with universal pictures which he's also released jaws schindler's list jurassic park yeah. and et on i feel like i need no other explanation except that the greatest if not the greatest director one of the greatest director
1: Is making a movie that he's always wanted to make in about his life. I'm kind of surprised you didn't have that movie a little bit higher. seems like you're pretty excited about that movie. I
0: could have had it higher. It's hard for me. It was kind of hard where some of the other movies we've either heard about or I have such an excitement for. Uh, I mean we haven't even seen a trailer for the Fablemans. The only thing we've seen is a poster which is a really good poster. Uh, I have a feeling if this movie hits tomorrow at, at TIFF this could easily jump up way higher on my list. I think Paul Dano is the front runner for best supporting actor. I think it's going to be the thing of He is ne- Here's the craziest thing. He's never been nominated just straight up for an Academy Award. Wow. He's been in films that have been nominated, he has never gone in a nomination himself. What was that one movie that he did
1: um Prisoners? Was, no, not Prisoners. He was phenomenal in No, not Prisoners. No,
0: dude, he has like the craziest track record. So he has that Little Miss mi- Sunshine. Which, which he gets uh, he doesn't get nominated well, but what was film that about on, again that's the film about the rv the family going okay. on a no not road that, trip. One. What's that uh, one he then has there will be blood with he's co-starring alongside daniel day-lewis
1: and yeah. that's one of the it's best films movie. of the
0: ye- ever uh, he obviously has prisoners uh he had swiss army man with uh daniel radcliffe what's
1: the movie he was like singing in or something or like he played oh, like uh... oh uh
0: love and mercy where he plays yeah. the beach boys yeah there uh, you go that one you didn't get nominated for that one he did, he's got no nominations wow. from the Academy awards i think what is going to happen is there's going to be like they're going to watch this movie if this is good again this is all based on the ideas this movie good they're going to watch this movie they're going to be like he could be great in the movie and he was also the riddler which he was really good in earlier this year mm-hmm. This guy's never been nominated. We should nominate him, and he should probably win for the body and years of great work that he's put into Absolutely. It. So I, I think he is a front runner. Yeah, I love this cast. I love the, everything about this movie. I'm pretty excited for it, and if this hits, I think it will hit big, like very many Spielberg films have done already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my number five uh, so, what's your number four?
1: Uh, my number four is Don't Worry, okay. Worry Darling. Which we already um, talked. Yeah, we just, we just went over it. Um, I'm pretty excited for that movie. Yeah. Um, Do what's you think your- Harry Styles can act? Or TBD? I think it, I would agree with TBD. I think it's probably TBD. Uh, so, what's your number three? Well, no, I want to hear number four first. I want to hear number Oh, four. okay.
0: This will not be on your list. I have very personal reasons for this okay. making my list. This is the film Clerks 3, which is Kevin Smith's film... Uh, based on the clerk series, which was one of the first big films out of Sundance, along the time of. Uh, I've heard of the movie.
1: I don't really yeah. know much about it, though.
0: It's a it. It's kind of what kicks in the indie movement of the 1990s. This and Reservoir Dogs with Tarantino, like these are kind of the big movies that really introduced indie cinema at a big thing. Uh, this movie wouldn't be particularly high on my list, however. Uh, he's take Kevin Smith, the director writer and one of the stars in the movie. He's taken the movie on tour. He's always been one of my favorite uh, just people to listen to. He has a great podcast. He's a huge movie nerd. He's a huge comic book guy. One of my favorite things of media ever made was this like four hour interview type show that he did with Stan Lee, where they're just talking about the origins of Marvel history. He's kind of the guy that like gets my love of like comic books really uh, started. I love a lot of his movies. He's taking this movie uh, tour and it's coming to Sacramento and I was able to get tickets and I got tickets to the VIP, us uh, so all beginning to meet him. He's uh, he's giving everyone who's at the VIP, we all get the script of the movie signed by him. We all get pictures with him. Like We all just get to talk with him. That's nice, fam. So for that reason alone, really cool. I'm, I think it's like October 1st for me or something like that. He'll be in Sacramento like I'm really excited just for that experience. So maybe while the movie itself isn't necessarily as high for me, the the whole thing around this movie is so exciting for me. And I've also, the f- reviews for the film just came out. They're very good. And this is a very personal film for Kevin Smith. Uh, for those who don't know, he had a heart attack. Uh, I want to say 2018 or 2019. So this is a film where the main character after surviving a heart attack randall graves decides to make a movie with his buddy dante about their lives at the convenience store it's a very meta film based on kevin smith's life uh this is like bringing back all the kevin smith actors like ben affleck's in this film as well like there's just this whole cast involved with it it sounds like i said it's very meta but it's also just sounds like kevin smith kind of getting to do his love letter to film and his tribute to not only his work but just the larger surrounding of film in general. So I'm really excited for this whole experience and to meet him. Cool, that's that's awesome, fantastic. So that's my number four. What's your number three?
1: Okay, so my number three is Avatar. Okay, I feel like this is probably a good opportunity. That was my number eight. Okay, yeah. So I'm so I, I'm curious why you put it at eight because the thing is is that this is the it's you know I I know I. It's been a long time since I've seen the first Avatar. This is the summer or this is the fall movie experience.
0: By all accounts, this will probably be the most beautiful, fun film to see in the theater.
1: Yeah, and the thing is is that I think the main reason I put it up so high is not necessarily because it's the one of the highest grossing movies ever. And I didn't necessarily love the first avatar. Yeah, I don't particularly. But it I for... think it's because James Cameron, his track record is one big reason why two is because the trailer is by far one of the most cinematically beautiful things I've ever seen ever the underwater sequences in that literally I got chills yeah in in the the theater and I have to see that movie in IMAX Hmm. and it's probably going to be two and a half to three hours long and the thing is that that's going to be a lot but the thing is that it's a movie that I have to see I absolutely have to see are
0: right for having it so high I'm really excited to see it in theaters. I'm really excited to probably see it multiple times in theaters. In terms of actually caring about the movie itself, my love of it's not particularly interested in it. However, like I said, you're right to have it this high because it is probably going to be the cinematic experience of the year rivaling films like Avatar. It is probably like going to
1: get nominated for a ton of visual effects and CGI it's gonna, and it's all like, that stuff. It's going to sweep
0: the below the line categories oh, score, at the Oscars. Everything.
1: everything that Dune got last year, right, is what it's going to get this yeah. year. Yeah, and if it's
0: good or if it's about the same quality as the first film and it's just as inventive in its technology, it could you could be seeing a Best Picture nomination for this film. A few things I wrote down about this film. James Cameron is one of the best world builder storytellers we have. The fact that, like, he has this whole five movie arc planned out. The fact that he's like tied in, made new creatures that are now available to see at the Disney World ride. Which I really want to do that ride. I've heard that ride's awesome. Yeah, Pandora. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that as well. uh, Incredible. Uh, This is one of some of the stuff about this movie. The technology is crazy. The cast learned free diving to film underwater they're not in scuba suits they are legitimately holding their breath for like upwards of seven minutes kate winslet you know kate winslet one of the most famous actresses of all time broke the record for holding her breath underwater for uh filming it tom cruise had the record for mission impossible five she broke it over seven minutes underwater filming a scene free diving how is that even fucking possible that's crazy to me uh wow yeah over seven minutes underwater that's crazy cameron has been talking about how invented this movie was. This film, the reason it took basically 13 years to make isn't because it was production issues. It's because Cameron was like, I need to develop the technology to make this film. You know, he was talking about making this film glasses free 3D, and he ultimately said that's not what this movie is, but that's still an idea that he's tinkering with. He wants to make 3D in a theater without glasses. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. That's such an inventive thing to do. This guy makes technology for the films. This film, the CGI tech and the camera work that they could capture underwater is just insane. They have like 15 cameras that they had to develop cameras that could be and shoot underwater and capture the CGI motion needed to do the tracking on the actors' faces. While all the teams that are working the cameras, they all had to learn free diving too. James Cameron, like a 70-year-old guy, learned to free dive to film this movie it is kind of the most inventive movie possibly ever the cast is this is what shocked me i didn't know how good the cast was sam worthington obviously returning zoe saldonis Sigourney reaver stephen lang kate winslet michelle Yeoh is in this movie this cast is outstanding vin diesel's in there uh, it's absolutely insane i could have easily had it higher it's a movie that I'm kind of like, I know my expectations are low because, again, I'm not the biggest fan of the first film, but I'm excited to see this
1: film in a theater. Yeah. Do you think this movie could be like a Top Gun? Like it, it's, it's just going to be like a movie that maybe you and I like aren't the big, like super high on because I wouldn't say I'm super high on this movie. I think I am anticipating seeing the movie and I'm excited to see it. I, I'm not anticipating loving it by any means. That's how I feel too, where yeah. I'm like,
0: I'm gonna probably see this movie two to three times in theaters, and I don't know if I'll even yeah. love the movie. Or I think, particularly like it. I the think
1: movie. it's gonna be like a I think I think I could assume it's gonna be like a top gun experience where it's like you and I are be like, Yeah, we're gonna go see the movie because we have to, and then we go out and we're like, Wow. Like if this wow, this movie's
0: good. This movie could be huge. Uh just straight up. I think this film has a lot of its working in its favor. Again, I had it so low because I'm not anticipating anything else besides the theatrical experience of it it's not like have a love relationship with the first movie uh yeah. but yeah this film could be big and it's probably good that it made it this high on your yeah. list so that was your number three
1: yeah that was my number three
0: okay so then let's do our two and our one and let's just do two did you put did you say number three? Oh no i have not actually yeah, so go, i'll say my number and three, then I'll do my two which i'm number... sure is in your one or two maybe and then we'll do one apiece to our
1: tops. Sure, go for Uh, it.
0: Number three, do you have this on your list? If you have it, one or two, just tell me to punt. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, Is that your chew? Yes. Okay, Let's talk about it now. Sure. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I didn't have really any notes for this movie. This is probably the most challenging film outside of Avatar this year to come out in theaters. Uh, Obviously, everyone knows about this film. There is a lot that this film has to contend with. The fact that their star died before this movie really got off the ground. They had to rework the movie without Chadwick Boseman. Uh, This is a movie that didn't get any footage shown until recently at San Diego Comic-Con. And I remember us talking about the movie before yeah. any footage had come
1: out, and I, I was I wasn't excited. I'm by like, any means. I'm not excited. No. Like, this is
0: going to be such a hard project to pull off. It just kind of feels impossible for this movie to I be like, anything competent.
1: Yeah, I did because Ryan Coogler doing it again, right? He's doing it again. I, like, I, I love him as a director, but I'm just like, this is an unwinnable situation yeah, for him. I 100
0: agree. And then something happened, and we saw the trailer for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I will contend. If this isn't not only the best trailer of this year, it's maybe one of the most beautiful trailers ever made or ever edited together. Mm -hmm. This trailer brought me to tears watching it the first time. This trailer is so emotionally moving. Uh, This trailer looks incredible. The special effects look incredible, like not just like good or not even like some of the mediocre stuff like we've seen in Doctor Strange or Thor. This movie looks beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful.
1: Yeah. The thing is that this movie, I think there's only two outcomes for me when I go into this movie, I'm either going to be like, okay, yeah, that's like another Marvel movie or I'm going to come out of it and be like, yeah, that, that absolutely was fucking awesome. Like I, that was the best homage to Chadwick Boseman. Ryan Coogler has to be perfect when he's making this movie because I think it's
0: such an unfair task to like direct him. It really
1: is because like he has yeah, it's so hard. And the thing is, only I really do feel like only he could do it. I think because when you have when you have have stepped into yeah, when you had the experience of working with Chadwick one on one and making the Black Panther character come to life, you and now he's gone from the equation, and you have to input. You know, new characters, new roles, a new cinematic—you know—perspective on it. He's the only one that could pull it off. If you put another director in there, I, that they'd be lost. Like, they
0: wouldn't know what to do. because yeah. well, Not only is Ryan Coogler having to direct this movie and spearhead this movie, he also has to basically be the captain of the ship, where he has to rally the cast together. Who I'm sure yeah. all of them are having like doubts about making this movie. They're all probably thinking like should this movie even be happening without Chadwick? Like he is Black
1: Panther. Yeah, I, I think that was my initial reaction is I didn't think this movie should have been made in the first place. I think it would have been, it almost felt like a backhanded slap. You yeah, know? there was and, just so
0: much like weird about the movie yeah.
1: because you're like, we're not gonna get Chadwick.
0: It's gonna be tragic. It's gonna be hard to think about watching a movie without him. Here's what I think about the movie. I think regardless of how good the actual quality of the movie is, the storytelling in the movie, I think at the end of the day, this movie is going to be a really touching tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I think that's arguably more of the important things to do. I think if this isn't maybe considered one of the best Marvel movies, but it's a really fitting tribute for Chadwick Boseman, I think people are gonna accept that movie for what that is because, again, it's a really hard task. If this movie is one, an incredible homage to Chadwick Boseman, a, a touching tribute to him, and also as good or better than the first movie it's this is a contender not only for best picture this is instantly one of the biggest films of all time this film has everything to lose and everything to gain in some way and this is Somehow it's now the most important f- film Ryan Coogler has already made in a career that has had multiple really important films in his yeah. filmography. Yeah. It's a, a, yeah. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. And like I said, that trailer, I mean, I think the, also the thing that's going to really rally this movie is I think the performances are about to be outstanding. I mean, we saw Angela Bassett in that trailer. She's the only one with speaking lines in the movie uh, or in the trailer, I should say. And she has the line where she's like, uh, I've lost everything. Have I not given it all to this kingdom? Mm-hmm. that's like like that's the line like I said in the trailer that's the one that just broke me because that's a mother talking about the yeah. loss of her son mm-hmm. that and like then it cuts the Chadwick Bozeman like it's an incredible trailer uh I think yeah. we're
1: gonna experience every type of emotion watching this
0: movie I here's the thing again I even if this movie's bad I have a feeling I will be crying minimum two to three times Like just straight up, I think like there is going to be some form of a tribute to Chadwick Boseman throughout the film, and I have a feeling there is going to be, if not a funeral scene, something akin to that. And I have a feeling it is going to be probably the hardest I cry this year.
1: Uh, So that is my number three. Your number, you. So that was my number two. So now you have to do your number two. Is it what movie? I think we uh, I punted earlier. What movie did you punt earlier? White Noise? Okay, yeah, that's my number two. Okay, so we cool. have the
0: same number one then.
1: Yeah, we do have the yet. same number one. Um, uh, white Noise, let's talk about it.
0: Yeah, I I had a feeling you'd put this on your list. I had this at number two for a few huge reasons. But So for anyone who does not know what White Noise is, did you watch the trailer for this movie, by the way? I am
1: so excited for this movie. And, yeah. and the thing is... is it's that- made by one of your fil- favorite filmmakers. Yep, yeah. it-, it is. And also, it... He made one of my favorite movies that a couple years ago. Yeah, with Marriage Story. Loved, absolutely loved Marriage Story. It's, I thought it should have won Best best Picture.
0: It's made by, or it stars maybe my favorite working actor right That's now. That's exactly what I was going to say. With Adam Driver. That's
1: why I put this on the list. Not necessarily because of the director. Not necessarily because of the trailer. It's because it's Adam, an Adam Driver. It's an Adam Driver movie. Adam Driver is probably one of my favorite working actors right now. Yeah. And I could have put this higher. I probably should have put this higher than eight. Here's why I
0: put it so high. So for anyone who does not know White Noise, again, this is directed by Noah Baumbach. This film also had its premiere at Venice to a little bit of a tepid response. There's people who are loving this film. There's people who are kind of lost by this movie. This is a very satirical film in nature. This is based on the book White Noise by uh, uh, Don Delillo, which is a 1985 satirical film. It kind of encompasses the uh, the Reagan administration, the fear of nuclear holocaust, All of this going on, and now uh, Noah Baumbach, from my understanding, is kind of reworking it where I believe it's set in modern day. Don't quote me on that, but I believe it is set in modern day. Uh, So maybe a little bit of an allegory to the COVID pandemic of the 2020. Uh, But anyway, this film stars Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, who I've heard is drop dead fantastic in this movie. Uh, uh, This film follows a family uh, that attempts to deal with everyday conflicts while grappling with a chemical spill forcing the characters to deal with their own mortality. Again, premiered at Venice it will be out November in theaters and then December for Netflix based on the satirical novel that is well regarded. It's kind of a film that was kind of considered unadaptable. So I'm really curious to see it. Netflix gave Noah Bomback $140 million to make this movie. Uh, that alone made it so high for my list because this is an auteur filmmaker getting basically a blank check. The idea of like, You make the film you want to. We're not going to hold your hand. We're giving you 140 million plus dollars to just make a film. And you go for it. He gets some of the biggest stars. Greta Gerwig, his wife, uh, is in this film. Obviously, Adam Driver, who he worked with closely on Marriage Story. Just for all of this alone, I'm just like, I really want to see what this movie has in store for us. Because... I know nothing. I've never read the book. I haven't. I watched the trailer. That's all I'm really probably going to consume. I've heard the tepid response, which actually kind of gets me more excited because it's like, okay, this feels like a movie that people are either going to love or they're going to dislike. And if I'm on the love side, I could see this movie being one of my favorite films. I'm not as high as Baumbach as you are. I liked Marriage Story. I didn't love it necessarily, but he is such a talented filmmaker.
1: Yeah, I thought... And I know this is a complete 180 from Marriage Story. This movie that he's uh that's about to come out. But I thought Marriage Story I thought it was phenomenal in every way possible. I thought the score in that movie was absolutely phenomenal. I don't oh, yeah. know who's doing the score in this movie. I um, don't know actually. But I'm sure it's going to be it's, I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm sure it's going to be a great movie. Um It's I a think, movie I want to see in theaters. The thing is Adam Driver, I recently watched him do an interview at the Hollywood Reporter's round tra- table from like a year or two oh, ago Oh, is that when, the
0: one where it's is drivers there isn't if jamie uh, fox
1: is on it is is uh sandler sandler's, there? sandler's on sandler's it. there it's, it was it was the year that uncut gems came out Is yeah, it a year? Your story 2019 2020
0: yeah so it's sandler it's tom hanks de, it's niro, LaBeouf, de niro for the irishman who oh de niro and then uh who you just mentioned fox uh, fox, jamie fox and then obviously sandler. driver
1: yeah Great and he cast. Was,
0: six of like the most
1: yeah, different type of actors yeah and he was just talking about his like his experience picking roles and what how he cries and all this kind of stuff like he's going such an in depth interesting actor. and he's had the most if you guys haven't heard about adam driver's experience getting into acting you need to go yeah, listen former to marines him marines guy yeah like y- goes in kind of as a therapy
0: for him yep this absolutely. is a guy who i wrote an article for the magazine highbrow a few months ago where i broke down adam driver's mm-hmm. career it's an article i'm very proud of but from like his first big film is like i think 2012 where he's a supporting character in Lincoln. So since like 2012 he has worked with the likes of Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Noah Baumbach, Ridley Scott twice, uh other directors that i'm missing. Oh, obviously Ryan Johnson, yeah, he's in obviously in the Star Wars films. He has these smaller independent films like Patterson. This is a guy who just picks the most interesting project. He's also the thing with this film being so supposedly darkly comedic this is a guy who pulls off comedy better than you would think a guy like him could pull off comedy if you've ever seen his snl hosting this guy is crazy funny with being a guy who literally almost doesn't understand comedy he's doing a shtick he's a guy that shouldn't be funny because he's taking it way too seriously yeah and that's what makes him funny
1: he's just so uniquely charismatic
0: he is yeah, he's a guy like no other that I've ever seen.
1: And I really hope he is really good in this movie because I thought he should have won. Again, I'm pretty biased because I really love Marriage I thought he should have won Best Actor for I don't Story. I, I think he got nominated, he right? He gets
0: nominated. He's the contender along with Joaquin Phoenix, and I think the performance of Joaquin Phoenix is yeah, also based off the fact that Joaquin Phoenix sure. had never won. I no, think I agree. it just like sure. went in the favor of him. Sure, but I would agree. I would maybe, if you're breaking it down by scene by scene... Driver does some pretty incredible stuff in that movie, and I also think like, the movie to me that he should have won for was
1: actually Black Klansman. Black Klansman. Great,
0: that F- is phenomenal,
1: bro. He was amazing. Incredible
0: though. performance, and that is a film full of incredible performances. Uh, obviously, the guy from- uh, John David Washington? John David Washington, but I meant Topher Grace uh, from the That 70s show who plays the leader of the Ku Klux yeah. Klan. Great. Like, the performances all throughout are great, and Adam Driver is like kind of like, The most interesting character in a way because he's the character that john david washington is like talking like you're jewish you have skin in the game as much as you don't want to uh accept this because you're white
1: they hate you as well i really want to get um i really want to get rosie to watch that movie movie, Um, i
0: love that movie that's probably if spider-verse did not come out that same year it'd probably be my favorite movie of 2018 that in mm. Avengers Infinity War, I also yeah. obviously really love. Great but movie. Yeah, those, that's wow. my number two. One thing I also did want to mention with Noah bombback before we moved on to what I'm sure is both of our number ones, the thing that is so impressive about bombback and it's been a, a thing with Meyerowitz stories, it's uh, now a thing uh, with Marriage Story, and it looks like to be a thing based on the story synopsis for uh, White Noise, he is a guy that does relationships maybe better than any other director. He just is able to capture like human emotion and how people interact with each other and how they hurt the people that they love and how they love through pain. I mean, if you think about the big fight scene in marriage story, it's maybe the most haunting like scene in that movie. And it's maybe the most cinematic of it. And it probably features the most flashy acting, but that is just a guy who understands this is how true people need to interact with each other to make it feel real. And it's a pretty amazing like ability to direct actors in that, uh, way so yeah really talented really excited for this movie can't wait to see it i'm seeing it in theaters if there is any opportunity to oh, see it I'll on go. netflix i want to see it on the biggest yeah, screen. yeah no, i agree so that means our number one is the same right absolutely yeah so we both picked if i am correct we both picked uh bros with billy eichner the uh romantic gay comedy you They're right not that one, no, no. Actually, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually like low key excited for Bros. Like eh, I think that movie looks it's pretty. It's coming funny. out on Netflix, right? No, it comes out in theaters. I think in like two weeks, oh, and then I've then heard pretty good things about it. And I mm. like Billy Eichner, but that is not my number one. No, not at all. My number one is Glass Onion and Knives Out. Store. Knives
1: Out Two. Knives Out Two.
0: Okay, so let's just talk about it because the trailer released yesterday, September eighth.
1: I didn't watch the trailer.
0: Oh, so it came it's the, out. It came out. It's not a real trailer. It's, a it's a more of a. Here's who's in the movie. Oh, so it's like Daniel Craig, Dave Batista, Catherine Hahn, Kate Hudson, like blank, 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 Edward Norton. So it's kind of just them oh, in their I got outfits. It. I'm gonna watch it, and it has like kind of the puzzle idea. And then Daniel Craig gets to do his oh, oh I can't do the accent. How's it? How's he do it? He has that like Kentucky fried chicken, Kentucky fried chicken. There's a donut hole, and in the hole, you unravel the donut and you just go, Wow. You'll get there. Uh, yeah, I'll get there. I can't <laughs> do the accent. The, the the Chris Evans line in the first movie Your Kentucky fried drawl. Draw. <laughs> Foghorn Leg uh Longhorn. I didn't know they released Shit.
1: that, but yeah. I mean yeah. uh what's not to be excited about with this movie?
0: This is one of the best movies of twenty nineteen. Uh if again the film Did it get
1: nominated for anything at all?
0: No. It gets nominated for best original screenplay. And maybe some below the line categories like uh, editing or something like yeah. that. But let's see. Uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, my favorite film of twenty nineteen. Well, oh, Jojo Rabbit's obviously my favorite film of twenty nineteen. Knives Out is probably my second favorite film of twenty nineteen. Parasite, one of being my like favorite up there too.
1: One of my favorite directions um, from recent memory that I can rem- that I can even think about is is Knives Out. R- right, Ryan Johnson.
0: It's such a well executed. Achievement in everything, cinematography and writing and direction. The
1: script script is absolutely phenomenal. Ana Diarmas is phenomenal in that movie.
0: Chris Evans is a perfect asshole in that movie. Uh, Everyone in the cast is fantastic. Daniel Craig is chewing the scenery up to an absurd degree,
1: and it's amazing. It's even got like Keith Stanfield, and he's almost forgettable. Yeah,
0: and he's like the most important character in the movie, and yet is giving a very credible performance as the police officer yeah this movie is incredible so let's just talk about uh, glass onion uh which sounds like it's probably based on the beatles song glass onion which is the idea of you keep peeling a glass onion you keep peeling it to reveal kind of nothing there and nothing of real substance is what the beatles song is about so that's an interesting uh inspiration for this title yeah but this film is going to premiere tomorrow at tiff uh toronto international film festival september 10th it will release uh, in theaters, it sounds like, in November, and then in Netflix on December 23rd. The film stars Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, which is great to see him returning to a big screen film, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henswick, Dave Batista, Kate Hudson,
1: uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, Ethan Hawke is one in this film. This is a film that uh, Edgar Wright, the direct Edgar Wright, I should say the director of, uh, last night in Soho, baby driver, Shaun in the dead, all those films. He tweeted out, I, I can't say anything about this film. I love it more than the second one. Oopsie. Or I love it more than the first one. So let me rephrase that. Uh, wow. He tweeted out, I can't say anything about this film. I love this film more than the first movie. Oopsie is like basically the tweet. he Wow. Says. Uh, If that doesn't get too excited, that should get you really excited. I saw the trailer. I didn't particularly like love it. It's a lot of boat shots in the movie, open sea, and kind of looked like a little like I think what's so amazing I think, about... I think they want
1: to keep it. the I think nuance they do there. You know?
0: I, the thing about the first Knives Out movie is the set design is just incredible, and the open sea kind of makes it look a little CGI, even if it's not CGI. I hope when we spend more time on the boat and in these exotic locations, because like, it's kind of looks like it's a parody of Death on the Nile, the Agatha Christie novel, I hope we get a little bit more of that elaborate look to them. But with a cast like that, with a creator behind that, with Daniel Craig returning, this film is just sounds like it could be the start of a really fun franchise, mm-hmm. which is just like, and you can tell Ryan Johnson
1: relishes making this, film. and you can tell Daniel Craig loves being a uh, detective. Blanc. Yeah, I think he he makes or breaks this movie, and the thing is, is that I don't I don't see him breaking it by any uh, by any standard whatsoever. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think I don't think it, this the movie m- can't be bad. This There's movie, no way. the most
0: important thing
1: is the writing has to be
0: clever. If the writing is subpar, this movie probably falls apart really quickly. But yeah, I'm really excited for it. It is also my number one. Just yeah. like for everything I said, even if I didn't necessarily love the trailer, it's the movie it can't that be you just here soon have enough. to anticipate. It can't be here soon enough. So that's our most anticipated, our top 10 most anticipated fall movies of 2022, which then should bring us over to the box office game. Uh, not the box office game, because that's a blank check podcast, so <laughs> I can't call that. Uh, this is more of just... Us predicting the top five most likely biggest hits domestically so one through five so let's both start off uh, read your list
1: I'll just go straight through it yeah uh, top to and bottom we'll, yeah and then we'll talk about it after yeah so um, again I'm not confident in it. <laughs> any, <laughs>
0: any means
1: not confident in it but I'm gonna just kind of wing it um I think number five in the box office for the fall time is gonna be Halloween ends okay um, I put that as my number five um, number four, I have "Don't Worry, Darling." Okay. Um, I think all of this media coverage yeah, that it's getting is going to add a lot to is it. Is
0: going to add a lot to the box office. Um,
1: number three, I have uh, Black Adam. At number three, okay. Number two, I have uh, Avatar, and okay. number one, I have Black Panther.
0: Okay, we basically have the exact same list. What's your so- list? My list is also Halloween ends at number five. Black Adam at number four. I put the Disney animated film Strange Worlds on Mm -hmm. there. That just seems like a safe bet. Number two, I also had Avatar The Way of Water. Number one was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The big distinction is we're doing domestic. Yeah, domestic. I think if it was worldwide, I think you could easily make the case that Avatar is probably the highest of those five. But let's just kind of break down the list. Halloween's ends... This was a weird one because they're all such... A lot of the films we talked about are festival darlings slash academy darlings, which means they are not going to have a huge box office. They just don't. Those typically these aren't typically the films that do huge. Uh, interesting. I have one note to add when we're done. I'm going to highlight that right now. Uh, but anyway, so Halloween ends. It just was like this is the end of this trilogy that has been... I thought the second movie wasn't particularly good where I really liked the first movie. If this movie hits... It has a really impactful thing with Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. I think this movie could be huge. The first film had like an opening weekend of like $80 million. So if this can replicate that type of success, Halloween Kills didn't have that, but it also came out like right as theaters were opening. So it was in a weird place. And I don't think the movie was particularly good. I think this movie looks much better. Black Adam, I think we kind of just both had the same logic. It's a superhero film. If this movie's good, this could be a well-earned superhero movie. I could also see this in theory being a flop. I think there is a potential for this movie to be a flop number three i said strange worlds because it just felt safe to bet on a disney movie i actually thought you might have this movie on your list i thought the trailer for this movie
1: is incredible i didn't watch the trailer yet so that's maybe why so
0: i actually didn't seek out the trailer i saw it in theaters it was just playing i think maybe before i saw thor The trailer looked incredible. It's kind of this like 1930s throwback adventure. It has like kind of the radio feel where it's the big, broad voices like this talking over. Jake Gyllenhaal's Um, in the movie as one of the voices. Well, maybe I have seen it then. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. I think that trailer looks good, and I think it's an animated Disney movie. It's a safe bet to have domestically being high. Uh, Avatar, The Way of Water and Black Panther, I think we both had the same logic. I think Black Panther could do better domestically. I think Avatar has bit longer legs worldwide. If one of the movies is good, if one of the movies is bad, that might determine what that falls on and off. Let's talk, though. Oh, and you mentioned your Don't Worry Darling. I really wanted to put it on there. I just didn't know how big the film, a film was going to open. You do have the logic, though, of Harry Styles fans.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. They're going to be got huge. A, he has a cult fan base right he now. He has
0: a fan base that will go out and see anything he does. I think it kind of propelled Eternals. To a big opening weekend box office wise, because and he's not in the film. He has a post
1: credit scene in that movie. You know what's funny is that trivia uh, this week they asked about. Um, they said what two, um, what two actors? So so the main two people: Harry Styles. Oh, and, and Patton Oswalt, and no, uh, Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. Oh, I thought were, you were in, about uh, Like were in superhero movies recently, or Marvel movies, and they're like, uh, "What movies were they in?" And they were like, "Okay, well, Harry Styles was in post-credit for Eternals." Yeah, and then was Florence Pugh in one of one Black of them? Widow? Yeah, Black she's Widow, the there you go. in Black yeah, Widow and so in
0: Hawkeye. Uh, okay, so let's talk though about films that we didn't have on the list because I, like I said, I had twenty-five. There was a few that I thought for sure you would have on here. So I'll just blow through some sure, good ones. Sure, go for it. A lot of these are movies you take that it. are uh, festival darlings that I've heard good things about, but I haven't seen uh, yet. Armageddon Time, which stars Jeremy Strong from Succession, Anthony Hopkins, Anne Hathaway. I've heard it's a really good, uh, basically, exploration of how America came to be in the 21st century. Uh, it's an exploration of families as old as times uh, in the 1930s New York, including some of the Trump members, that was one of them. Strange Worlds, as I already said, she said it is a Harvey Weinstein uh, drama uh, where they're exploring the journalist who, uh, un-, un, who found out the story of Harvey Weinstein and reported it in 2017. That stars uh Kate Mulligan, which is a director I'm a big fan of. Uh, Women Talking, which premiered at, uh, I believe it was at uh Telluride this. week past weekend film about a group of women who are I believe in like Plymouth Times so like the 1600s they all come together they're all being sexually assaulted by men in the village I think specifically one man and they all kind of come together how do they come forward that one is a film with an amazing cast including some of the most famous actresses working right now Frances McDormand Rooney Morrow uh, Jesse Buckley just like I mean it's literally a cast of like 10 people that is all just huge uh, A-list actresses uh let's see. I mentioned Bros. You had see how they run. Uh Disenchanted is a movie. I'm actually low-key excited for. I'm a huge Amy Adams fan and I love the first enchanted. This is the one. I didn't include it because I didn't actually think the movie was gonna come out. And then the next day they like showed uh steals from this movie, and I'm like, okay, I already have my list, but I'm sure Chris is gonna have it. So I didn't even bother putting it on my list cuz I'm like we'll talk about it when Chris talks about it.
1: Babylon. Yeah, so So I I didn't think the movie was coming out this year. I thought it might have come out and be coming out in January. Yeah. But so did they just release something about it?
0: They they released photos from the movie. Uh so they released stills of Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Toby McGuire as Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. It is coming out this year
1: wow yeah so
0: that's why i didn't put it on originally because i had a few movies that that i was looking at
1: would be my number one most anticipated movie if it were on my list um but yeah i'm i am excited for that movie very much so i'm so stoked for any anything damien chazelle
0: yeah this is a movie that for those who don't know the premise because there hasn't been much advertised about this movie yet babylon is the movie uh of 1920s to 1930s hollywood the transition from basically silent film to talkies And it has Tobey Maguire's playing Charlie Chaplin. Mm -hmm. It has Margot Robbie looking incredible in this film, just from the stills. Like, you can just see, like, the energy. It's got a lot of jazz in it again, everything. Like, it's just, it's this type of movie. It's a, I think it's the first real period piece that Chazelle has done. I get First Man was technically that, but that was a very modern period piece with it being 1960s. This is him going to a very specific style of acting in Hollywood, Uh, yeah i mean this film could be incredible uh it almost feels like this guy's due for a miss but i mean maybe you would argue first man was kind of the miss because it didn't really make any noise with the academy but yeah that's my number one so you think that would have been your number one had you like agreed that the movie was coming out
1: absolutely that was the
0: thing with me i had a few movies because there's a movie called disappointment boulevard which is another a24 film directed by ari aster who i believe I believe Ari Aster is the director of Hereditary and uh, *Midsummer*.
1: Um, yeah, that sounds right. This
0: movie's currently clocking in at three and a half hours. It stars Joaquin Phoenix. There was just enough for that movie. But again, it was the issue of like, okay, is this movie actually coming out this Mm. year? So that's why I didn't put it on and that's why I didn't put Babylon on. But then E-Weekly, I believe, ran their cover on Babylon. So I'm like, damn, I should have put it on. Again, I didn't put it on because I'm like, you'll have it on. Apparently not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't know it was coming out this year. I couldn't find anything on it. But with that all said, that's the show. Christopher. Wait, don't we have one more thing? The MVP?
0: Oh, Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, last thing I didn't thing. have that. I we forgot got, to talk about that. Do you have so, do mind? Yeah, so let me break down with the MVP is yeah, it's I can probably do pretty self explanatory. We are we took, I believe, three to five names and said three names. Three names. And we ranked them based on at the end of the fall movie season. Who do we think could be the MVP winners? This could be the studios. This could be an actor. This could mm-hmm. be a director. This could be a cinematographer. Basically anything in Hollywood is an open position. Who basically wins the fall movie season? We both had three names.
1: Go with your number three. Yeah, so my third my third MVP of the fall time is Netflix, just in general. Um, I think, yeah, damn, that's a really good so one. I didn't have that. Netflix uh, has... So many movies coming out, most notably Blonde being the big one that's going to be coming out here in a few yeah, weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, on our list, I know on mine, Glass Onion, White Noise. White
1: Noise, yeah, is another one uh, I have done. Blonde. Blonde, too.
0: Um, uh, is done by them. Like, that's I think, three on my list I think list Pinocchio, too, from Guillermo del is also on, going is onto Netflix. Netflix. Glass Onion is, did I mention Glass Onion? I don't remember. Yeah, you did. Okay. But yeah, that's like three or four movies
1: minimum. Yeah, so I was like, uh, damn, I've, uh, Netflix it could have a lot of hits this this um, fall time and Netflix is like in a, in a time now where there's a lot of P- the studios doing non theatrical releases and just going straight to streaming services. I think they need hits. They need they need Blonde. They need White Noise. They need Pinocchio. All these ones to be really big movies that land for them.
0: They might have some of the most splashing movies this yeah. year, especially with Glass yeah. Onion. White noise and blonde being out which you know two of them regardless with white noise yeah. and blonde are gonna be films that are Largely talked about in
1: film discussion. Yeah. So, so that was the um, that was like my runner-up. Okay I had, uh, to, let's just, we'll I'll had do third, my three. third in MVP voting
0: my third This the reason I put it so low is because I kind of refuse fundamentally to put them this high, but it is Disney Disney has had a kind of a tough year this year They've had really bad stories uh, about them this year with the CGI issues, uh, with them not paying their uh, CGI artists with the CGI and most of their films and TV shows just being honestly terrible, like in quite honesty. uh, They've had a lot of controversy with the Disney Plus not hitting particularly well, them kind of just rushing out production after production, not spending time, the new CEO has had so much trouble. Uh, rumors of him like kind of stripping Feige of his power. They've had so many mismanaged uh, things that could have been so easily avoided. She-Hulk would be literally a better show if they finished the CGI She-Hulk, on the She-Hulk
1: show. She-Hulk fucking sucks. Yeah, dude, if they finished Have you watched this, it all? I haven't
0: watched it all, but I can tell you at the very least what would make the show Terrible. better is if the CGI actually looked good. Like, spend money on your damn TV shows. You have all the money in the world uh suspended on there and at least make sure it's visually interesting
1: yeah it's so dumb
0: yeah but so they've had that the they had the thor issues they've had the doctor strange kind of under not underperforming it performed very well but just like maybe critically and fan praise they've had all those issues light year not really hitting how they wanted to however this uh fall they have black panther they have avatar 2 they have strange worlds. Arguably three of the biggest Mm -hmm. movies this fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any one of those, if they hit successfully, could be a best picture or best animated feature. They just have a lot playing in their favor and they're probably both, I think we both probably safely agree, Black Panther and Avatar are gonna be the two highest domestic films of the fall. Yeah, So they're gonna make a lot of money. So it's hard to kind of, if you're ranking success based on that, if these films are good and they make a lot of money, that's hard to not
1: call them an MVP yeah absolutely uh, number two yes yeah, so this one is kind of interchangeable with my third one um i put um i put james cameron as the runner-up to mvp um solely because of avatar of course um i just expect it to be a, i expect it to be a spectacle of a of a, of a movie and and it and making a high anticipation that he's going to be a runner-up to mvp for the fall time yeah but could you imagine if Avatar is hits. everything that if it hits everything like ever the wanted? first
0: Avatar movie or God like somehow imagine bigger than the first Avatar movie? I mean, James Cameron has already solidified his lexicon yeah, in Hollywood. I, but this film, yeah, you're right. It's a it's a huge bet for him, and this could be payoff big.
1: Yeah, I don't think I really need to elaborate more on no, that, no. but like I it he could be he could have been my number one. He could have been the MVP. He could have been. I had Cameron And interestingly
0: enough, Ryan Coogler, both as my four, where it was the idea of like, if either one of these movies hits in a really impactful way. I'll just say straight up right now, my prediction, if Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is anywhere near as good or even somehow better than the first film, Ryan Coogler will not only see a Best Picture nomination, you will be seeing him in the Best Director race. Oh, I'm sure. Unquestionably. Absolutely. He will be in that race, but I didn't have either of them, so they were both four. My number two is an actress who, uh, despite everything that has happened with the controversy around this film, she has come out glowing. She has become just the internet darling. People love her. And she's in another film this year called The Menu, which is, from my understanding, getting very good reviews. It's Florence Pugh. She is the only one who is coming out positive in all this Don't Worry. Uh, that's, That's a lie. Chris Pine and Gemma Chan have come out fairly positive in the Don't Worry Darling discourse. But yeah, I just think everything's kind of working in her way this has made her a bigger celebrity and it's made her a more well-loved celebrity and everything mm. she's been doing responding to this has been pitch perfect her walking out as the conference is going on as the interviews are going on at venice and she's not there and she's getting off the plane with a like a, a chardonnay and like you know in that like uh purple outfit uh absolutely incredible just incredible work from her, from her stylist. Just brilliant stuff. Florence P is my number two. Yeah, very cool. And then, who's your number one? I'm really curious who your number one is.
1: Yeah, so my number one is kind of broad, but it's um it's women in cinema in general. Oh, that's and, a good one. And so the reason I went with that, for there is a there. I think this is going to be the fall. Uh, sorry. The this is the rise of women in cinema, but the it for the fall season, pun intended. Um. I could just go down the list Black Panther 2 Blonde Uh, Don't Worry Darling with uh, Florence Pugh Um, I mean Pearl is coming out and it stars Mia Goth I mean there's She Said which is the Harvey Weinstein one Yeah Halloween Halloween Ends which is um, Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis Women
0: Talking which is a cast of like 12 Margot Robbie's in Babylon Yeah Uh uh, I'm blanking on one of them, but the director of Women Talking, Sarah Pauly, Sarah mm-hmm. Paulie, she's probably going to be nominated for, her. Yeah, that's a really
1: good yeah, one. Yeah, and Olivia Wilde directed, Dor- Don't uh, Worry Darling, even though it's, she didn't really direct it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, it is good I just think... that
0: a woman can make a film like her male counterparts <laughs> and get away with ske- yeah. uh, sleazy behavior. That's good for the industry, actually. Yeah. But I just, That's a good
1: I, one. I just think that, it is just, I think it's going to be all these, these amazing women that are in these, these movies are just going to be shining and it's going to be, it's awesome to see that like a ton of my top anticipated movies are centered around females in cinema and I absolutely love it. I'm yeah, super no, excited for really,
0: it. it. It's that's a really good it's really
1: pick. cool. I don't think it's the MVP of the fall time is going to be women, women in, in cinema. That's a
0: really good pick. I really like that pick. I Thank really you. appreciate that pick. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so many incredible, uh, actresses coming out i think this year as i already kind of alluded to i think the best actor race is really weak and i think the best actress and best supporting actress are stacked i think i mean women talking alone has 12 people who i'm hearing all should be nominated and they're all going to be a best supporting and that's like one film i mean i think it's going to be kind of a crazy year for that my number one i alluded to this one earlier as well i think this is the fall of dano i think this is the paul dano like moment in the sun for him i think this is his like as bill simmons calls it the apex mountain when is this guy kind of the most famous and most relevant in film uh he had the batman earlier this year huge reception for that film he is going to be in the fablemans if this hits tomorrow at uh tiff as i think this film very well could he is i'm putting it right now he is my safe money to bet on the uh best uh supporting actor race if you were in uh, if you are in Vegas right now, you should go to one of the casino books that does the betting for Oscar movies. Put 100 down on Paul Dano. If you can, put it on nomination because I think he's a Sherlock. But if you want to even go crazier, put him on Best Supporting Actor right now. He's my odds-on favorite. I think this is going to be the Sam Rockwell effect from a few years ago where Sam Rockwell makes three billboards for having Missouri. And everyone in the Academy is just like, how's this guy never been nominated? And, and how's this guy just delivered great work after great work. And we've never recognized him this. We need to kind of reward and gather around him. And I think that narrative is going to be so powerful. I think Paul Nano is the undisputed like front runner for that race. And I think he's just going to have a huge year this year with the Batman and the Fablements.
1: I really hope so. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So
0: that's our podcast. Thank you, Chris, for joining me. Uh, We'll be. I'll have you back on, I'm sure, throughout the rest of this cool. year, but we'll also uh, come back in some way or form January to probably talk about maybe... I don't know if no one ever breaks down the spring movies. No. They not never spring. do. So maybe we'll do like the most anticipated of the year or something fun. Sure. We'll do something like that. Recap the fall. But thank you for joining me. My name is Ben Friedman here from the Beniverse. If you like this video, make sure to like and subscribe. Thank you for all the support to my most recent videos for my Pinocchio review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Chris signing off. I'm signing off. Thank you guys yes, for sir. watching. I'm Ben Friedman from the Beniverse. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.